To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at Beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message for this 18th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before from Luke chapter 16. I recall just these words. I'm telling you that although wealth is often used in dishonest ways, you should use it to make friends for yourselves. When life is over, you will be welcomed into an eternal home. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich, my beloved. Drugs, sex, and alcohol are all gracious gifts from God. But just like so many gifts that God gives us, they can either be used or abused. The proper use of prescribed drugs can lead to healing and prolonged life. The abuse of illicit drugs can lead to unbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. The proper use of sex for recreational and procreational purposes within the confines of marriage, one man and one woman, leads to great blessings. The abuse of sex can lead to unbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. The proper use of alcoholic beverages with moderation can have medicinal effects on the human circulatory, digestive, and nervous system. Abuse of alcohol to the extreme can lead to unbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Today we want to talk about another one of God's precious gifts that he gives to us, the gift of wealth or the gift of money. And money, like any other gift that God gives to us, can either be used or abused. So today, by way of these words of Jesus, let's take a look at uh, the proper use for our wealth, the proper use for money, or how it can possibly be abused. So we summarize this illustration that uh, Jesus gave to his disciples, kind of a difficult one, but it has to do with a boss who had a head manager, and he couldn't trust him anymore. Maybe he was juggling the figures, we don't exactly know, but uh, this uh, head manager recognized that pretty soon he was going to be out of a job. So what was he going to do? He said, well, I don't have the physical abilities to go out and work on construction, and I really don't want to go around the streets begging, so what am I going to do? So before he was actually let go, he planned for his future by discounting the debts that were owed to his boss. He did that so that in the future, a whole lot of people would be available to him for financial assistance if he needed it. And even though his boss was still going to fire him, the boss had, had to commend the manager for his shrewd ways enough to use the means at his disposal for his future. 
First of all, what can we learn about money? I think uh, anytime you talk about money, people can define it a whole bunch of different ways. Some people define money as life's energy translated into paper and coins. Some people define money as the uh, commodity by which we value work and leisure. We know what much of the world's idea about money is. Money is the way to power and prestige and happiness, and the more of the commodity that you have, the less worries that you have, which is wrong. How many articles have you read about those people who won the millions and the billions of the lottery and say it was the worst thing thing that ever happened to them? In reality... When we take a look at Scripture and ask, what is money? And it's going to be shocking. The Bible tells us money is not yours. Your money is not yours. It's God's. It's only on loan. You're only using it. You're only managing it for a while. Now I recognize that your name is on your bank statement and on your checks. But all that money is God's, and you're just using it. It's a gift from him. And how did you get it? Well, you know, when we were younger, we got it from family and friends. Sometimes they gifted us money. When you get a little bit older, money is still a gift from God because it's God who gifts you your health so that you can go to work every day. It's God who gifts you a job. It's God who gifts you a job in this fairly peaceful environment, this uh, uh, country of ours, so that you can work. We're just like the manager in Jesus' illustration. He was managing the possessions that were entrusted him but were really owned by somebody else, and he used them for his future. Well, you know, if it comes right down to it, and our money is really not our own, that sort of changes everything. If it's not our own, but it's really God's, then I probably have to ask myself, well, then how should I be using it correctly? A lot of the world uses uh, money for instant gratification. Buy happiness now. Who ends up with the most toys wins. God wants us to use our money with future in mind. Jesus said in another section of Scripture, Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And in the words before us today, he says, Use your worldly wealth, use money to gain friends. So that when it's gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, it's certainly true that God wants us to take care of of all the things of our daily needs, ourselves, our family members, to provide food, shelter, clothing, vacations. Today, Jesus wants to remind us that we should use all of our money with integrity and honesty. But in reality, the proper use of our money, we have to take a look at it all. There are just three that have to be at the top of the list. Three at the top of the list for spending our money. And the reason that they're the top of the list is because they have benefits that last for all eternity. The first way, and probably the foremost way, and such a cheap way, 
is to spend your money on your own spiritual growth. Grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, because he who believes on the Son has eternal life. The the second most important way for spending your money is on mission work. Rescuing souls who do not know about Jesus Christ now. And I mean, that's the reason for our vacation Bible school, our community outreach for sending missionaries over to Indonesia or wherever we do, is to tell them about Jesus, the only way to eternal life in heaven. And can you just imagine, on Judgment Day, there are going to be a lot of people coming up to you, perhaps because of the way that you used your money for mission work, that are going to say, thank you for sending those missionaries over to us to tell us about Jesus, because otherwise we wouldn't be here with you in heaven. Oh, thank you so much. And then a third of the most three most important ways to spend your money is by helping out the poor and the needy. And I know it's one of those things today that we so we forget because we say, ah, there's all the welfare, there's Medicare, there's Medicaid, let everybody take care of themselves and be very careful about the panhandlers that come knocking on your door. But there are the legitimate poor and needy out there, and that's why uh, our synod has our mercy ministry. And a lot of those people are down there in, uh, in Louisiana helping those people clean up their houses and the mess. That's the reason that we have our mercy ministry because every once in a while we find people in the congregation or out that are really hurting and they really need our help. And boy, when it comes to judgment day and those people are standing around, they'll point fingers right at us and say, Jesus, you know, these are some of the people that evidenced their faith by helping us out when we were really down. And Jesus will say, come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Three ways to use God's money. Not the only ways, but the most important ways, because the returns are of lasting value. And then we want to talk about the dangers of money. Because uh, Jesus warns us, you cannot serve two masters. Either you're going to hate the one and love the other, or you're going to just vice versa. So he says you cannot serve God and money. In other words, you can't have both of them in in priority number one. One's going to always fall to second. The devil uses money in all of his temptations. Uses money as one of his many temptations. You know what the devil's temptations are all about, don't you? It's to sort of lure you away, you know, little by little from your Savior until finally uh, you come back to unbelief and then he's got you for hell. Are his temptations working? You bet they are. I believe in in the United States of America that the biggest 21st century God of choice is money. Sometimes I get angry, you know, that my TV remote doesn't work. Batteries are, but I do a lot of... Do uh, you do TV surfing too? I was channel surfing, and in about 45 minutes, I heard all of these ads. Home equity loan, stock market report, 0% down, APR, money managers, reverse mortgages, how to make money on the internet, bankruptcy advice, retirement planning, 
Come to the casino, insurance protection, and be sure to play the lottery. Jesus says you can't serve God and money. You can't have two bosses. It just doesn't work because you're going to end up picking one over the other. And the devil, believe you me, wants us to love money. He wants us to make it our boss. And by loving money, I don't mean going around kissing dollar bills. The love of money is when you trust in your money or your wealth more than your dear Lord Jesus Christ or your heavenly Father. Because you see, the devil's temptations is always to try to move us to one, to the right or the left of that spectrum of trust. On the one end, you know, I don't have enough money. I'm worried all the time. I may even start wondering if God even loves me because I don't have enough money. The devil wants me to stop trusting in the Lord. And then there's the other end of the spectrum of trust. I got all the money that I need. I don't need God anymore. I'm on easy street. Jesus was telling the Pharisees that the constant pursuit of money is highly valued in this world. But if you make pursuing money your first priority, that's detestable in God's eyes. We come here every Sunday to repent of our many sins. And so we come here once again on this 18th Sunday after Pentecost, repenting of our lack of trust in our Lord. And we do it every day because otherwise none of us would have any problem falling asleep at night, but we do. This morning, God wants us to remember that his word tells us to love God and use money and not to reverse it and to love money and use God. But the temptation is always there for all of us to trust the creation rather than the creator, to trust the gift more than the giver. And so we say it again today, Lord, we repent. And what's the antidote? Why, as always, it's found in God's word. When the apostle Paul was in prison for his faith in Jesus Christ, He wrote to the members of the congregation at Philippi who cared for him greatly and sent him things. And he said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I think you know how to be content with whatever amount of money it is that God has given to you because you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. So, don't worry. saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Because your heavenly Father knows that you need these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. 
money, a gift, a trust from the Lord. Like so many gifts, it can be used or it can be abused. And so Saint, uh, Jesus encourages us not to make money our first priority in life. Rather, use it to gain treasures for heaven. The world seeks after wealth and all that mammon offers, yet never is content, though gold should fill its coffers. I have a higher good, content with it I'll be. My Jesus is my wealth. What is the world to me? What is the world to me? My Jesus is my treasure, my life, my health, my wealth, my friend, my love, my pleasure, my joy, my crown, my all, my bliss eternally. Once more, then I declare, what is this world to me? In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate he suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. Thank you. 